For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In 2022, a pair of former ballplayers and a talented young broadcaster were tasked with creating a college football podcast. These men promptly escaped into the mountains of West Virginia and got to work. If you want top-level football analysis, off-topic stories, and locker room humor, you're in the right place. You are in the gun. In the Gun, episode 25, it's time for an Oklahoma Sooners size preview here on your new favorite WV football podcast. I'm Wes Euler. I've got the best teammates in the business, the runaway beer truck, number 35 in your programs, but number one in your hearts, Owen Schmidt, the signal caller, Jed Drenning, of course. And we've got a special guest today joining us for the first two segments of the show, our friend, your friend, handsome, tubby, man of gold, big daddy, Mariner, our WVU video insider. Sean, I'll, this is the part where I do the host thing and how's everybody doing and everybody speaks their, you know, their piece for a second. I'm going to come to you here first. How are we doing, big Ooh, daddy? Good. Uh, I like that we're running the experiment to see how many people will instantly click off of the podcast or fast forward to the YouTube part <laughs> where it's just the three of you. I like that we're Double just tubby. Really it off here. Dude, this is clickbait, son. 100%. But in the this worst possible way. Sean, you bring up our average here, all right? I mean, <laughs> and wait, we got, you know, we got, we got, we got a, we, we got a lot of, we got a lot of twos on this, on this video here, right? But when you pop on, we turn into tens, baby. Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm a negative number up on here. This episode of ITG brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, folks. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs. This season, you always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, MMA, college sports, tennis, what, boxing, what, and even golf. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE when you sign up to receive your awards. That's B-L-E-A-V, BetOnline, where the game starts. I tell you what, I think I could do that in my sleep by this point, but shout out BetOnline, baby. Uh, you, you already got me thinking. I want he, he just, uh, Dusty, everybody knows and loves Dusty. Oh, Dusty. Right? Okay. Oh, Dusty. Dusty, the American, dream, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. The American dream, Dusty. Everybody used to get on Dusty about Dusty. You got to get on a diet. You got to lose some weight. You got to crash down. You got to do this. You got to thin out. And he's like, I put some thought into this. Now, why would I do that? And we're like, well, Dusty, what do you mean? Why would you do that? You got to get it, lose some weight. And he said, no, no, no. He said, see, I'm a good looking fat guy. All right. 
But if I lose weight, I wouldn't be a good looking average guy. He said, I'm realistic enough to recognize. Look, look at me. I'm a pretty good looking fat guy. You know, if, if a girl's after a fat guy, I can get that girl. But I can't get a girl just being an average guy. I'm not a good looking average guy. He thought it through. But you made me think of that, Big Daddy. He and I were our men. Wow. <laughs> Burn. Burn. Oh, not at all. Double tubby tonight. Do I we have love Okay. See, I was worried there, Sean. You for a second, you had that like frozen look on your face, and I didn't well, know. Listen, you I forget I, I did just... this. I know how to do the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you what. Headlines right. here. Headlines here as we get rolling. Uh, it is the Veterans Day uh, military appreciation game, I should say, Saturday at home at Mountaineer Field. Veterans Day on Friday. Of course, uh, at ITG here, we want to thank all the uh, all the men and women that have served this country, uh, that have given us uh, the freedom and the opportunity that we enjoy. Uh, it was election uh, day earlier in in the across the country. Uh, we wouldn't have things like that if it weren't for the people that that went before us, and many of whom who paid the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, so we wanted to make sure to to mention that to get going here. Jed, I think he's wearing a camo shirt, but I can't see him. Oh, yeah. I'm not positive. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Got him. Absolutely. Right. I don't know. It's not guys... really military camo, but uh, thanks, Jed. It, it's it's the camo I had. All right. Yeah. That's the sitting. Oh, thought tree. that counts. That's the that's the, the sitting in a tree stand night. drinking a dozen bush lights camo is what that yeah, is right there. Boom. Um. And listen, I don't know if you guys can't give this away. Maybe it's just assumed at this point, but. Blink twice if we're going to wear the American flag decals on our helmet Saturday. Ooh, have not confirmed yet. I got to keep them open. Have not confirmed yet. However, flyover Saturday, going to be pretty sweet. A lot of military recognitions, including a Woody Williams action. I'm really excited Ooh, about that. And nice. a quick shout out. I do want to say, Jed, I don't know if you've watched it yet. If anybody has the chance, go watch Will Schoonover's interview from Tuesday. I noticed they brought they him in. I haven't since, seen it. I love, I love the doing that. 16 minutes, I believe, they brought him in because Will is a veteran, did multiple tours of duty over in Afghanistan, came here to play football. He's a Moorfield guy. Reed Williams is his hero. He talks about it in the interview. Unreal dude that I've got the pleasure of getting to know. And some of the stories he tells for the media are incredible. The stories he tells you outside of the media, even better. So a veteran, I do want to recognize. Everybody go Love check it. that out from wherever it was it posted. Baseball, it was Big awesome. Daddy, with my best friend's son at Pot State. I mean, he is a fascinating guy. Yeah. Baseball, rugby, football, sniper, plane jumper. Like, Speaking of plane jumper, the greatest photograph maybe in history was taken a few years ago this weekend at Mountaineer Field, way atop Mountaineer Field. So hopefully we get another one like that. Yes. I think you guys yes, have seen the that I'm talking about. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Out of the plane as they did the flyover with the flag flying. Man, it was so cool. Yeah. It was very cool. We'll have to wait and see if we get a uh, equally as enjoyable photo this Saturday. Uh, Military Appreciation Day, Veterans Day Friday. Thanks again to, to everyone who has, has served this country. Gentlemen, uh, we have a member of Mountaineer Nation, a former teammate of Owens, Pat McAfee who has gone a little viral here with a bucket shot, all right? Of course, Pat, we all know, former uh, kicker, punter uh, with the Mountaineers, with the Indianapolis Colts in the National Football League. Well, every once in a while, he likes to still show off the leg, and uh, and he went viral calling his shot 
and uh, and dropping one in a bucket earlier this week. We'll take a look at that video right now. Big O, pretty good stuff there from your former teammate. I mean, I tell you what, you st you still got any tricks like that up your sleeve? Uh, not that impressive. Uh, I can still chug a hellacious beer. Uh, I think talking. that's something that uh, has – it, it'll never leave. I don't think that's skill. But, uh, no, I was I was scrolling through Twitter, and I seen that, and I said, golly, this dude is just a freak show. Um, he did have, like, a comment, like, how many – oh, by the way, congrats, Pat. Uh, they're having a baby. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How about so, that? So heck yeah. Good, good job from them. I know they've gone through some trials and tribulations there. So excellent way to, uh, stick the nose to the drunk grindstone and, uh, you know, get lucky get there. Done. Yeah. Get her done. So I'm, I'm happy for him there. Uh, but man, he put a comment that said how many times it took him to do that. And, and quite honestly, it might have not been more than five. I mean, he might have hit it on the first shot, but it might not have been more than five. I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty deadly uh, accurate with his with his legs. So, uh, what a cool oh, thing to that, see, anyways. Wasn't it some uh, kind of promotion where you were supposed to guess? Yeah, you were supposed like to guess that? like how many times he did it or whatever. Gotcha. Um, he said that but, was sixty-two to sixty-five yards. Yep, sixty-two where to sixty-five he started yards. To Yes, I mean, yeah. of course. are you kidding? And it, and it wasn't one of those, you know, fake ping pong shot deals where yeah. he kicks it and it goes out of screen and someone drops it in the bucket. I mean, that was a legit uh, garbage can from sixty five yards out. I mean, you can see the ball kind of arc to to the. Uh, it starts off left and then spirals to the right. It's impressive. He's the yeah, he's, angle was intense. Yeah. yeah, he's 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 one of the. I mean, dude, he's he's one of the best. Yeah. He's one of the best. And I get like that doesn't leave you, but how long has it been since he's played? Oh yeah, well, and, and that's mean, a sixty-five a yarder. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a that's a sixty-five yarder. That's a you tough can stay kick. in shape, but doing that, you're not yeah. getting team reps doing that. Like, yeah, I guess yeah. yeah, I guess it hasn't quite been a decade, but it's been it's been a while. It's been a while. Knowing so Pat, I five, do six years. I, you do yeah. see a lot of his content. Sometimes he'll just be out there kicking the ball because I'm sure. I mean, dude, when you love something like that, it's hard yeah. to not do it anymore but uh i know he's had complications he's had uh multiple surgeries uh due to kicking just the stress and strain it puts on the ligaments and joints um but wow do the max excellent, excellent 60, stuff 62 to 65 yards from the cam that's basically a 50 plus yard punt in yeah oh yeah measurements into a can <laughs> right that's yeah. crazy well and he led the league i want to say uh his punt average, it was somewhere like around, I think it was 49 or something like that. 49.5, 49.8. Maybe I, I don't want to punter of the decade, it, baby. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was nuts. I mean, he was, he was Indy's, Indy's guy. He was the franchise dude there. So, uh, from, from Splash Town to, to, uh, <laughs> to the dang player of the, uh, decade there for him. So he's, he's done some great things. And man, I've, I can't wait to see what he comes out with next because it seems like it just keeps getting higher. Yeah, that's well said, no doubt. He he's he's just getting started in the big picture of things. Yeah. Uh, as we uh, continue, as we start to wrap up headlines here, uh, Mister Signal Caller, we mm -hmm. had a uh, another 
uh, firing, another cleaning of house of an athletic department, one that we used to be familiar with and one that has some familiar names attached to it. South Florida, what's going on down there with the Bulls? Well, they jettisoned their head coach. They're going to coach the string out, uh, the staff is. Uh, of course, a former Mountaineer assistant, uh, a guy that Owen and I have both known forever, and Travis Trickett was their OC. He left here a year ago uh, to be part of that rebuild or that effort to rebuild South Florida. Uh, they, they were a, a program with some problems. Defensively, I think they were dead last in the country in total defense. Uh, so they, as Rich might say, they couldn't play dead in a Western on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but, uh, offensively, he was trying to get him to score some points and oftentimes they did, but, but, uh, it was tough to keep up, keep up. And, uh, so, uh, a guy that, that did a great job here, uh, and was doing an effective job there in terms of rebuilding that offense, you know, he got the transfer and Bohannon in from Baylor in the off season and he got banged up. So he's been playing with a backup, but, but it, it's interesting in that the difference between South Florida and UCF. I mean, we all remember the Jim Levitt teams that Owen played against. I mean, South Florida at one point was number two in the country back mm-hmm. in those days. Okay. That, that was what they peaked at. And now, and it was just a handful of years ago, they were in the top 15, top 20, you know, like a six, seven, no start when they had, uh, you know, the flowers kid at quarterback, but they've fallen quickly. They haven't kept pace with UCF. I think the differences are, because there's a lot of parallels between those programs. They're always compared uh, Central Florida has made the commitment to build an on-campus stadium, okay? Yeah. And they're all in from a football standpoint. That You guys are, can appreciate what a difference that makes. South Florida is still kind of limping out to play, to borrow the Buck Stadium to play their home games. And it's just, it's not conducive to the kind of atmosphere you need for, the, for a successful college program. Central Florida is, and so Central Florida is winning all the prizes and getting all the acclaim and being invited to the larger conferences and looks like they're they're kind of leaving central florida's kind of leaving south florida behind but that's what i've seen yeah yeah no, that's it's go ahead Owen. oh and i was just not... gonna say i think you know back in the big east days i don't think any of us would have thought that central florida would have <clears throat> lapped south florida like this yeah. never i never would have thought that but like you said about the whole sharing stadiums deal um you, you would have wished they would have kind of branched off of that because there's you know i think even with pittsburgh um uh, and pitt oh, yeah it would still be nice to have sure your will. own stadium. You know what I mean? There's just something about oh, yeah. it. Um, it feels like it, your own. It's more nostalgic. Yeah. 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 Say what you want about Nippert, okay? But we played at both Paul Brown Stadium against Cincinnati and at Nippert against Cincinnati, right, Big Daddy? And oh, there's, yeah. there, there, there's a huge, massive difference from an environment standpoint. It's, uh, it, it, it's just it, – it's, it's a much richer environment if you're after – you know, some sort of nostalgia or the passion of the fan base or the student body. I mean, when you get on campus and walk through the neighborhood, some people call that Beirut to get down into a mm-hmm. Nippert Stadium. I mean, it, it's so different. I mean, and, and I think there's something to be said for that, though, and I really do. And, and of course, Central Florida, are, are, you know, Gus Malzahn's down there with our old buddy Herb Hand. And, and uh, so they're, they're heading in a good direction as they prepare for Big 12 play just in less than one year, as strange as that is to think. Nippert's a perfect example, Jed. When I worked out in Columbus, uh, we would go down since it's an hour and a half down to Cincinnati. We'd go cover Cincinnati games against a variety of opponents. And it was give me give me Nippert all day, every day over one game against even a bigger opponent like us when we played them at Paul Brown. It's a great Nippert, yeah. Yeah. The one time I went to watch us play Cincinnati on the road was, I don't know if we played at Paul Brown multiple times or if it was just this once, but it was the Ian Smith blocked the field goal to secure ah. victory at the end. 
I was I that was my lone tr- road trip to uh to watch the Mountaineers play in Cincinnati. We did that. It was my sophomore year at school, I yeah, think. Was, uh, Zach Kalaros blew his knee out yep. the, down by the goal yep. line, and and Munchie had to but, come yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, I wish that would have been a Nippert because then I could have you know could have yeah, spoken to that atmosphere that you guys were talking game. about. It but it was game. a great game. I was not comp- I was not complaining certainly whenever yeah, Ian Smith blocked that field goal. Uh, yeah. we're gonna take a we're gonna take a break here. Yeah. We'll come back on the other side. Uh, with Sean in just a minute. Before we go, I wanted to remind everybody, if you're looking for some merch, all right, holidays are right around the corner. If you need some gifts for your loved ones, itgfootball.com. We've got our shop set up on there. We've got shirts. We've got polos. We've got hoodies, and we've got hats. The runaway beer truck himself is wearing one right now. If you're watching along on YouTube, we've got that uh, that dad-style hat that Owen's wearing. We've also got trucker hats on there, polos, hoodies, T-shirts, like I said, itgfootball.com click on the shop link if you need some gifts for some loved ones get the little kids t-shirts let them know that schmidt happens all right that's how you spread holiday cheer when we come back in just a minute oklahoma roundtable memories from from years past against oklahoma the good the bad the fiesta ball uh some of the some of the pain and some of those big moments as well too over the last decade we'll touch on it all when we return Wes Euler, Owen Schmidt, Jed Drenning, our buddy Sean Mariner, you are in the gun. I'm talking with JR Toothman of Toothman Ford. JR, everybody knows a lot of pro athletes buy from you. What's the secret? Just like Will Greer, future Hall of Famer Frank Gore, James Washington, and many more pros, these guys have financial advisors that are always looking out for them to save time and money, and that's why they always shop at Toothman Ford. And what if you're like us regular folks that don't have people giving us advice? You don't need a financial advisor. Toothman Ford will save you time and money no matter who you are. Plus, we'll buy your car even if you don't buy from us. Visit ToothmanFord.com and get a quick, instant cash offer. That sounds like a score to me. That's right. And as always, we'll take anything in trade from chicken wings to Super Bowl rings. Toothman Ford's got a lot of fans. Here's another one. Dallas Cowboys QB, Will Greer. This is Will Greer, former West Virginia and current NFL quarterback. And cars really do cost less than Grafton at Toothman Ford. That's a fact, Will. Thanks. You can shop online anytime at ToothmanFord.com. Let's go, Mountaineer fans. You're tuned in to In the Gun with Wes, the runaway beer truck, and the signal caller. ITG back here. Time for a little Oklahoma roundtable, an open forum discussion, if you will, amongst the four of us from fan perspective, player perspective, coverage perspective. We've got it all. Uh, I mean, gentlemen, it it really does start with that Fiesta Bowl, right? I mean, I'm sure I know Jed can probably speak back to when Jeff Hostetler and the boys went oh, down yeah. to Norm went down to Norman oh, and, and, yeah. and broke some sooner hearts. All right, I'm hip to it, but that was about a decade before I was around. Uh, maybe not quite as long for for Owen and Sean, but but pretty darn close. Um, where do you want to? You know what, Jed, you're always you're always good with this kind of stuff. Where do you want to start here? Do we want to start with the Fiesta Bowl and Owen? Do you want to go back to the Hostetler days? What are you thinking here? Let's kind of do this. I mean, the only thing I'd say is the 82 game, that was a week before I attended my first game, Mountaineer game in person. It was a week before hmm. uh, Haas against Boomer Esiason mm-hmm. and so on September 18th of 82. Uh, me and my my Little League team, the Davis-Thomas Rams, were laying behind the end zone as Rich Hollins caught the game winner from Haas to uh, to beat the Terps. But, but uh, that game in 82 – that I, I don't know if we'd be having these conversations. I don't know if this podcast would exist. That might that might sound like hyperbole, but that truly was the game. In other words, we 
we seized the momentum of that bowl victory coming off the previous season, big bowl victory. And heading into the 82 season, we were heavy underdogs against the number nine team in the country. Uh, and Barry Switzer, best winning percentage in the country. Dupree played in that game. I mean, all the names were there. All right. It was a hundred degrees. They jumped on us 14 to nothing right out of the gate. Uh, so everything was going according to Oklahoma's script. And the next thing you know, we just keep clawing back and clawing back and clawing back. And we scored. It's 14-7. Score is 14. We, we make our way back to 14 to 13. And then in the final seconds of the first half, it's become in vogue that a signature move of bold coaching is to go for a timely onside kick, right? Well, that was the first one I saw in my life. Right before halftime, West Virginia, Don Nealon's Mountaineers, kicked an onside kick, recovered it, Haas to Daryl Miller in the final seconds of the first half. We take the lead 20 to 14 at halftime, and they are absolutely shell-shocked. They don't know what happened to them. They were they blinked, and it was 14 nothing. now it's 20 to 14. We go on 41-27, the best call in the game from a radio standpoint, because I, I remember more about the radio than the TV. You can go on YouTube and find that game. Uh, but Jack's call when Curlin Beck busted that last one to see in the final couple minutes. Yeah. Th that That's worth going on YouTube just to find that. Uh, but uh, that, that win in so many ways kind of broke the glass ceiling for West Virginia. Right. I mean, that was, that was the moment that we played one of those brands in a marquee game with a lot of eyes on it. And we proved we could win one of those games. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I would argue in some way, Everything that's come since was kind of the platform or stage was set in some measure from what happened that day. And then, of course, we didn't play them again until Owen take the floor. You know, I would say the team you faced. I just did a podcast today with two former OU players. OK, I think they're still scared of Owen, you know, the way they talk about it. You know, uh, I mean, there, there's just such a reverence. They speak specifically Owen, but that team. And I told those guys, I said, look, I think that matchup and that Fiesta Bowl, I truly think they were the best team in college football. They were ranked number three. But I think Oklahoma, when that regular season ended, going into bowl season, was playing the best football in America. And that's what that, what Owen and that team faced, Owen. That should have been the national title game. You know. Yeah, that was a, there was a lot of hype around them uh, before that game. I obviously we were there was a lot of discredit for us. Um, we all saw the, you know, the famous uh, poster that they they plastered on ESPN. Basically, eighty four percent of America. It was like everything was in red except for us, West Virginia. And uh, I know previously that week, a couple like a player got suspended because he got caught like stealing something, and that was like one of their big D linemen, I believe. Um, but uh, there was a lot of hype around them, not so much hype around us. We kind of screwed the pooch, losing the pit there and, and, and dashing our hopes of any national championship uh, tries, uh, which was a bummer. And, and even them were talking a lot of smack in, uh, you know, the kind of lead up to the game. Um, hadn't really ever seen a team with that much razzle-dazzle before the game, you know, like coming out there with the – with the covered wagon and everything the and, and stupid at the, wagon. Yeah. And at the, at the coin toss, you could hear them talking smack to us um, over the loudspeaker. If you yep. listen to the game copy, you can kind of hear the chatter that's going on there. Ref Mike picks it up. Yep. 
Yep. And, uh, and man, we just, we went out there and played them tough and it was close for the, for the first half there, really nothing was going on. Uh, and I think I ended up sparking my, was mine in the second quarter? I think, I think it was something like that before yeah, the half, so. something like that. Yeah. Who was the first guy in the end zone? Go back and watch that Owen. Pat hands the ball off to you. And unless I'm mistaken, despite dropping a couple steps after the handoff, he's off screen. Right. And yet, I'm pretty sure he was the first guy. To he was one of the first that. guys to hug me when when yeah. I scored. Absolutely, um, that guy had to give me a little shove too after I crossed the goal <laughs> yeah, line. Right. So, you know, yeah. what I mean, being a, being a fat boy, I was. Uh, I said, Thank "You, you. got to get up. You got to get up right now, brother, because that ain't cool, man." And uh, it was it was awesome, and that it really ignited us. I think, um, just the team in general, and and the and the fans down there as well. Uh, just ignited some a spark and 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 got us really fired up to go but uh and then it just it kind of snowballed for them uh you know we they battled back a little bit and then it, we just kind of ran away with it uh in the second half but what an incredible victory uh so much adversity just with the drama right so much yeah. drama that was ha that happened um in the sequence leading up to the game um you know, even like getting to the game, we were late because of traffic. Um, so much for the process. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was like the train wreck. What's the point of having a dang police escort if they ain't going to move people out of the way, man? You know what I'm saying? Uh, but so just so thrown out of the routine, you know, and then Stu, Stu gives a speech and, and we go out there business as usual and, and lit with a chip on our shoulder. Uh, and at least try to show that we represented what we were um, there that night um, and coming out on top of the victory. But uh, I mean, what a hell of a time. I mean, they, you know, they were big, bad Oklahoma, but we were, a, we were such a physical team and we had some, and we had speed obviously, but I don't think people really un, like, you can't really, I guess, get it on film, but we just did not quit. We were so well-trained. We had Mike Barwis, the, the, you know, nastiest strength coach trainer, uh, in my opinion at the time, and just built us a mental mentality and a physical mentality of, you know, we're never going to quit, never going to stop and just brought the physicality of that game and, and literally dumbfounded the Sooners. The three three five threw them for a loop. Yeah, you could tell from the jump. Bradford was not Bradford. He didn't know what he was doing. Because didn't Quinton have that pick in the end zone? Yeah, yeah we had a, we had a couple. Yeah, a couple and a couple turnovers too. And it's funny to see the players that were in that game. Yeah, that played on Sunday. Yep. You know, I mean, just it was. Uh, Sam it Bradford was, made a lot of money. Lot he got the of last money. big yep. contract before yep. the rookie cap. Mm -hmm. He was he the sure last did. quarterback that got those old contracts before the uh, rookie cap. Yeah. A million memories from that game, Owen. Obviously, you, Pat throwing the punches. But for me, Tito catching the pass and Going then coming the off the field crying yeah. is just one of, like, an absolute memory forever. Well, I mean, it's our last game. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That was, it was, there was so much going on and, and we had put so much effort into that. And I'm not just, when I say we, I mean, we, I mean, everybody on the team, those workouts were brutal. If anybody came to Morgantown and saw what we were about in that time in the era of football, we worked hard. Obviously we worked a little too hard because uh, we were, you know, slightly practicing, I guess, a little bit longer than we were supposed to, but big <laughs> deal, you know, I would never care about that because we won. I don't think anybody would ever have a problem with it uh, because that's what it took to win, right? You have to outwork your opponent. Um, and so many times other than not, that that's, that's what games came down to, but so many special moments, like you said, I mean, just, it, it's hard to encapsulate everything that really happened that night because so many, so many guys made plays, right? So many emotions because, you know, especially for me, I know for Mark and the, and the rest of the seniors, I mean, last game, we're playing on a mega huge stage. Unfortunately, we should have been, you know, should have, could have, would have, but, uh, you know, regrets or, or, or not. But uh, what a hell of a time to be a Mountaineer. I was 17 years old. That night, I, I thought you guys saved the program. And I mean, maybe, you know, Jed, you mentioned being hyperbolic a minute ago. Maybe, maybe you did. I mean, from everything that transpired on December 1st, 2007, um to to missing out on that opportunity um and then what a week later rich is gone when it just felt like okay he's gonna stay we're gonna sustain this this is not just a a, a blip on the radar this is not just a brief period of success he turned down ala freaking bama he's here to stay he's not going anywhere and then not only do we do we lose that game to pit uh and then rich is gone and I was, you know, 17 years old and in that kind of prime of your sports. I mean, you know what I mean? I lived and died with everything Mountaineers. I cried my eyes out in the stands at the pit game. I, you know, I was pretty close to crying when I turned on Sports Center that one morning and, and Rich Rodriguez was wearing all that Michigan gear and he was in maize and blue instead of gold and blue. Oh God, it still makes me want to vomit. Um I I I went to bed that night and slept big O, maybe the best I've ever slept in my life because I was like, we're good. Program saved. We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Oh, so yeah. And we, and, we, and we continued that success. You know what I mean? We really did. Uh, it's, you know, some moves were made, obviously, by WVU that they thought were the best for the program, which kind of led us down this path uh, to the Big 12 and and, you know, unfortunately now that's, you know, we're here where we're at right now, but I mean, unfortunately programs go through ups and downs sure. for a very, you know, in my opinion, for a strong decade, we had a very relevant oh, yeah. um, program. What got us it, it, in large in, part, yep. the seat at the table that we now have, I mean, yeah. as, as, as competitive and difficult as this league is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'd otherwise be UConn potentially just yeah. left behind, completely left behind financially and otherwise. Yeah. And I, I think the success that you guys had uh, parlayed into more success. I mean, think about it. We were preseason top five after you guys won that bowl game, come back for Pat's senior year in 08. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, you never know the impact that your sugar bowl has on winning the Fiesta bowl, which has on recruiting do we not land the Miramar kids? Does Gino go elsewhere? Does Stedman go elsewhere? Does Tavon go elsewhere? Which, you know, kind of played a major role in what happened in the Orange Bowl against Clemson. I mean, th these things have a way of of connecting and and running downstream, you know. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what you guys accomplished that night, I don't think it ended that night. Uh, it no. really didn't, but uh, just like what, what coach Nealon and Jeff Hofstetler and that team accomplished in 82. I remember big daddy, the first time we went back to Oklahoma, Mm-hmm. Uh, as a Big 12 member in 2013, I, I felt like I was, uh, you know, working the West Virginia Dream Camp. Because yeah. if you remember, they honored Haas and Coach Nealon. There was something going on there. Yep. Well, on the team charter, I was seated between the two of them. Felt bad yeah. for those guys. But I'm sitting here thinking, I'm on a I'm on a charter plane between Haas and Coach Nealon on our way to Oklahoma. I was like, are you kidding me? When so, I get to yeah. dive into the archives for different stuff, I remember the 82 over the projects we've done over the year, I've gone back and watched a lot of that stuff. They did a whole uh-huh. feature on that game. They did a music video to the gambler. Yes. You, you guys <laughs> on YouTube, YouTube that YouTube. Absolutely that. Yeah. Incredible. Something and, from Morgantown wrote that. Yeah. And the, yeah. the only reason I know about Curlin Beck and that is because the draw got covered so much. They did like a whole yeah. five minute segment on that play called the draw. And they talked oh, about it. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. All right. Before we wrap this up and let our buddy Sean get out of here, because he's been kind enough to give us way too much of his time. This was fun. This was sunshine and rainbows. Now the other side of this briefly, <laughs> big daddy, uh, which, which hurt worse 2012, when Tavon went for 572 572 yards and we lost to Oklahoma by a point. His first start at running back. Yeah. Yeah. Or 2018 when they called TJ Simmons for blocking too hard out of bounds. It was a 14. And then Will Greer scoop six the next play, 14 point swing in a game that we lost by three points. It's 2018 by Country Mile. Listen, 2012 was incredible. That atmosphere was lights out. Stedman's game in that gets lost completely because of what Tavon did. Stedman had an incredible game. Jed, I don't know if you remember or not. Dana would talk to us post game about that. And the reason they ran Tavon so much is because he noticed something with their secondary. Where yeah, what they were doing, Big Daddy. Every, everything was just Joey Madsen. They would just let him get all the way to the second level, and it was just him against the safety, and he would just go hug the guy, and Tavon would just watch his hips and run <laughs> the opposite direction. Oh, and they didn't have a linebacker on the field. Zero. Zero. They Owen. literally, okay, I'm not sure. You have nickel and you have dime. So I, I guess you'd be in a quarter defense <laughs> because yes. they added yet another DB. They had a DB playing Mike linebacker. So – we had we were dinged up at running back, so you yep. know necessity is the mother invention. But because of Tavon's skill set, they're like, yep. why not? Let's roll the dice and give this a try. So it was his first start at running back, and he sets a host of records, school records and otherwise. And I'll, the two things I remember was that that DB playing Mike Backer in their base defense. I don't mean in passing situations. I mean in their base yep. defense. And then I remember at halftime. Dana telling the staff and to some extent the offensive players, uh, hey, we're going to keep giving it to the little guy and see if they can stop it. Yep. And that's literally what he said. And you know what? They didn't stop him. The problem was we didn't stop them. But to your point, Sean, yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people forget Steady B had four touchdowns that night yeah. uh, in this shootout. But, you know, we just – we were one stop. Every time I see Kenny Stills make a play in the NFL. I hate it. I hate it. That's all I can think of. We I hate one time I see overtime, one that's the snap. only person I think of forever. One, Landry Jones, but the oh. 18 game, it was oh. like, here's the way I view that. Like, Owen, you've been in as many film studies more than I have. Even, okay. But it was the type of play that TJ made. Like, I know people have ridiculed him for that, but what people don't understand when you grow up 
culturally, when you grow up within the sport yep. from the time that's you're football. in football to the time that's football. In other words, you're coached. Whistle. Hey, you, it's it's in the movies. Look at the Blind Side. One of the famous yeah. scenes he blocked the guy into the stands. In other words, when you do that in a film session around your teammates, oh, and that's you know this. That's one of the loudest cheers you get. Look at that. You're blocking him all the way out of bounds. That's oh, yeah. how you do it. That's yeah. 110. You're not easing up. That's not on you. That's on him. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, hey, you got to be smarter than that. You got to ease up. Well, wait, no. no. The time you're eight years old, you're coached to yeah. do that. That yeah. same play, that too, same like, play happens. That same born. play happens once a week in the conference, and they yes. never call it. Oh, yes. Never. Well, call the it. issue is this: people are treating it like it's a cheap shot out of bounds. No, yeah. it is not. If you get a guy on the sled from the hash mark and drive him into the tenth row in the stands without losing engagement, that's Good. that is football. That's, that's called football. getting wore out. Yes. That's getting wore out. And apparently, it was illegal to wear somebody out in that yeah. game. That drives me crazy. Well, it was Everybody illegal for us. Me. It was illegal for us to knock Oklahoma out of the playoff picture because yeah, exactly the conference it needed it. It, yeah. it. Because if we win the week before, I, I have said a million times, 2018, yeah. we could do a full documentary on that team because <laughs> losing at Oklahoma State, if we win that game, we're automatically in the title game. Yeah, we're going we're anyway. up, seven, up 17 yeah. in the fourth quarter in yeah. that Oklahoma State game. And now we've game, got right? Oklahoma at home. So all the odds are against you, and, and things never go your way. It would have been a rematch, well, Big Daddy, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, it would have been exactly. We played Oklahoma twice in a row. So, yeah. yeah. People yeah. say, well, TJ had to have been warned before that. They don't just call that. You get warned before they call that. Hey, t- he was not warned from my knowledge because I don't think you run somebody out of bounds that badly twice in one oh, game. That kid's never yeah. playing again. And I know that's that a decade from the wearing top. somebody out. That's what it's, that where, is. it's wearing, wearing somebody, somebody out. out. And I'll tell you what. If you didn't think that when I was when we were on a toss sweep play that my whole goal was to drive that corner literally to hit a coach who was standing on the sideline by his own player, that was I mean these people have actually said oh and I've had people that didn't play say well no you should be paying attention and block him right up until you get to the boundary and then you I'm like are you kidding me are you kidding me that's like this too Uh, a guy's running I'm I'm in the pros right I'm running uh, down on a punt return right. Guy pulls up because he pulls his hamstring. Okay. So me, I'm thinking like, oh, you know, this guy's done. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, he's like going towards uh-huh. the sideline. This freaking dude hobbles <laughs> off the sideline like he's out of bounds <laughs> and then gets in on the tackle. I'm like, and my coach ripped my dude, he ripped me. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how is that not a penalty? Uh, how's that not a penalty? But hey, yeah. Owen, block him right up to the boundary and then look down and say, hey. oh, the boundary's here. I'm going to stop now. Whoopsie. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't, it's like oh. literally, the guy The guy literally pulled up. He's like, oh, dude, my hamstring, my hamstring. They push him out of bounds, and I'll go find somebody else. And this guy comes out. I mean, that's the type of situation that ends up happening, though. Right? Yep. Like, yep. people don't, listen, if you've never played the game before, it, people are trying to hurt you. Okay, if you don't think that's the case, you, then you, 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 you've yeah, never played on a winning team. You've yeah. never you've never you've been on flag football your whole life. Right. So yeah. that that's the point. And I'm not saying they're trying to hurt you like, hey, I'm trying to end this dude's career. But, you know, if he doesn't play the next play, I did my job. Yeah. You know, yeah. So not like not in an illegal sense. They you just no, you're, they're no trying to make whistles. you they're Listen, trying to make dude, you feel yes. it. They're trying it's to make you vi- feel it every play. It's this a is a violent game, dude. Collisions yeah, I'm trying to make sure that you quit. All right. So my job's easier the rest of the game. And, and we've talked about that before, just against Pitt that HP what, Blades. Junior, yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it's unfortunate yeah. that a call happened because, you know, it just completely turned around the, the game. I mean, football is yeah, a 14 point swing. Yep. point physical, violent game. I mean, I used to stand there and watch people do all kinds of physical, violent things when, when I was now I didn't do any, but, but I was watching other people do these physical, violent things. And I can, I can attest to the fact it's physical and violent. I just try to stay away from it. But dude, you wonder how some people get up the next day because you know, yes. they were in a car wreck. I mean, yeah. I mean, they were, in a, a, they were in a car wreck like 20 times, multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. I, that's why I've always loved that sports science show that, I mean, literally they used to say an ISO play, Two guys 10 yards apart running as fast as they can into each other is like getting in a car wreck at 40 miles an hour. Yeah. Okay, so you run 20, 25 of those a game, and then that's for a whole season and then a whole career. I mean, yeah. what do you think that does to somebody? You know what I mean? So just the the damage alone, but uh yeah, it's a it's a violence. Yeah, it's a it's yeah, it's a violent sport, man. <laughs> It's 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 yes, a real sir. violent sport. What what Owen? What did we say a couple of weeks ago on the podcast? We said playing football is like being in a bunch of car crashes. Playing hockey is like getting stabbed every once in a while, right? We were talking about that guy with the bloody that hockey player with the bloody lip. <laughs> yeah. It's like getting stabbed. Play football, you you're in go. a car crash. You play hockey, you get stabbed every once in a while. We got to get to a break here. This was a lot of fun, Sean. Thank you for the time as always, buddy. Thanks, brother. Uh, I want to leave you guys with this. We'll just—I want to do a couple quick hitters before I go. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma game has given us Carl Joseph murdering a wide receiver out of yep. bounds. Yes. Oklahoma game has given us—was uh, it 2017? Will's hurt. We go there. Baker Mayfield suspended for yes. the first series. Yes. I had salaciously told everybody that it doesn't matter. Kyler Murray's going to take the first handoff for 80 yards for a touchdown. He took the first handoff of the game, Humble first brag. play for 78 yards. Humble then brag. Baker came in and they scored a touchdown directly after. <laughs> so a sad note, remember 2000, I think it was 13, Jed, Doug Rigg, one of the scariest hits I've ever seen on the sideline. Yes. That yes. one shook me up. Game, yeah. And then obviously the wagon tipping in 2019. Yes. How can we ever forget? Absolutely. And Thanks. Everybody's game. okay. I've come to find out that they were worried that people were hurt. There have been potentially some legal ramifications from that, uh, from people that I knew that I did not know before, but watching it happen in real time, I've never felt more country and justified when I watched, I was right by the tunnel. I watched it come out. It started to turn and I was like, that's going to tip. I could just tell <laughs> by the way, I've seen, I've seen a hay wagon. I've, I've seen a hay wagon, wagon tip a couple of times. That's going to tip. She going to tip. Carl Joseph, hey. big daddy, the Carl hit on DD Westbrook. I still swear I looked down and I'm shocked there wasn't blood on my shirt because yes. it was like 10 feet from it. I looked down thinking, ah! And I, yeah. I, I swear now we I have targeting blood. in college football. Yes. Carl Joseph killed Golf. a man in Norman, Oklahoma. Let's yeah. go get a win on Saturday and send those bums back to Norman, Oklahoma. Sean, thanks, buddy. Uh, Thank we're going to get to a break here. When we come back on the other side, we'll do some previews and some projections. You are in the gun. For nearly 20 years, Fortis has been the nation's leader in providing guaranteed roof performance programs for commercial buildings. Fortis offers roof performance solutions that feature extensive initial and ongoing reconditioning for commercial buildings as an alternative to traditional replacement with long-term performance guarantees that are backed by global leader Lloyds of London. Fortis offers a comprehensive range of roof performance management programs that provide financial security, extend the life of our customers' roofs, and make a significant impact on ROI. Fortis is currently improving performance and increasing ROI for customers at more than 4,800 locations. 
with more than 140 million square feet protected, including many Fortune 500 companies that have turned to Fortis to save money, gain financial certainty, and extend the life of their existing roofs. Fortis has helped customers save more than $520 million in capital roof replacement costs for an average ROI of over 250%. To learn more, visit fortis.us.com. Fortis, roof performance and financial certainty guaranteed. It's like the blue lot, but with better gifts. All the cool kids are hanging out at itgfootball.com. Check it out. Back in the gun. Thanks to our buddy Sean Mariner for hanging out with us there for the first uh, part of the show. Make sure you're giving him some love on Twitter at Big Daddy Mariner, getting uh, getting all the good stuff directly from the source there. It is time now here in this program. Every single week, we make predictions. We make projections. We will start with the projections. Uh, we preview some marquee matchups around the top 25 and the Big 12. What Vegas thinks we think we think. We'll pull up the graphics now here. Top 25 games to focus on. It's a it's a pretty loaded sweat slate this week, Jed. What do we got? Of course, top 25 now means college football playoff ranking the top 25. Uh, in the SEC, taking a look. Still a lot of love for Alabama. Why not? Uh, they're on the road at Ole Miss. Alabama is number nine in the playoff rankings at number 11 Ole Miss. Bama's right. heavily favored by 12. Uh, we're projecting, based on that, a 38-24 type win. Out in the Pac-12, big game between Washington and Oregon. Washington, I thought they'd get a little more love than they have, but they're sitting there at 25. Oregon all the way at number six, eight straight after that blowout loss to Georgia to start the season, as we talked about. Uh, Oregon, heavy favorite, expecting a shootout out on the coast. Uh, so we're looking at a 42-28 type Oregon win. That's our projection. And fun to dive into some group of five action here, guys. Yeah. We just talked about our boy Herb Hand down there with Gus Malzahn uh, and the UCF Knights. They are on the road at Tulane, the same Tulane team that upset K-State earlier in the year. Uh, two teams ranked in the uh, college football playoff ranking top 25. Uh, Tulane, a slight favorite. We're looking at a close game, 28-27 type game. Tulane knocking off UCF, who, by the way, knocked off Cincinnati not long ago. So getting interesting in the group of five. First, I saw a statistic. First time Tulane has played in a top 25 matchup since the 40s. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's wow. it's 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 been a little while since Tulane's been in one. You know, like where where both they they've played ranked teams. Obviously, they've been ranked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, where where it was, you know, both both in the top twenty five. Well, mistaken. This this year's the first time they've been ranked since like Rich and Tommy were there in ninety eight. I think. So. I think I saw that like a I month ago. So. so yeah. Wow, that's uh, impressive. Big 12 slate here. It's getting down to the nitty gritty. It's crunch time. Only three games left for some separation amongst the contenders for the conference championship game. What are we looking at across the Big 12, Jed? I pull it up. Four games outside of West Virginia that we want to get into here. Iowa State on the road. The struggling Oklahoma State Cowboys. What's going on with the Pokes? Uh, Iowa State slight favorite in Stillwater. We're looking at, of course, points at a premium because Iowa State, that's the law. 24-23 type game, Iowa State's our projection. K-State on the road at Baylor. This is a good battle between two good football teams. K-State ranked number 19 in the playoff rankings. Uh, Baylor is actually slightly favored. We're looking at a projection of 28-24, Baylor over K-State. Texas Tech hosting Kansas. Texas Tech favored at home by four. Again, expecting a shootout in Lubbock. We're projecting a 35-31 style win for the Red Raiders. And then... In Austin, 
the game of the week, maybe in college football, guys. TCU at number four in the playoff rankings on the road at DKR at 9-0 to take on the 6-3 and three Texas Longhorns, which sit at number 18 in the poll. Texas is a seven-point favorite at home. Hmm. Obviously, they play their best football at home. They Big do. win on the road last week, but they're a different team at DKR. So based on that and the over-under in the mid-60s, we're projecting, not picking, projecting a 35-28 type Texas win. Of course, Gary Patterson, you got to figure, he's going to play a central role in this thing. He had all that success with a 7-3 and three record in the last 10 matchups against Texas. Now he is an analyst for the Longhorns going against his former team. So that's the storyline in this one. It's a nice analyst to have there on staff, I tell you. A little you. bit, yeah, a little yeah. bit. That's the uh, that's the game day game this week as well, too. You turn on your television Saturday morning to watch Pat McAfee and the boys, and they will be down there deep in the heart of Texas. All right, so those are the projections that we make as Owen laughs at me for my singing voice there. I mean, listen, I could have been on stage at Schmidt Saloon back in the day, all right? I lay down a tune for you. <laughs> those are first thing those guys from oklahoma not to interrupt west first thing they said today doesn't he own a bar they were asking about <laughs> owen because it, it started like this it was it was teddy layman former oklahoma player mm -hmm. okay and gabe eichard former oklahoma player i think they both dabbled in the nfl so i'm doing I, this interview starts and the first thing they said was hey hey guess who he's doing a podcast with and this is like uh gabe asking teddy and he's like who and he's like owen schmidt what what doesn't he own a bar or something <laughs> he's like i'm still i still you're doing a podcast with that guy it takes a lot of nerve does he ever headbutt you or anything in the podcast there's blood all over his face in the podcast so you're a legend in the state of oklahoma yeah that's great i, love it. I remember i you. love it i absolutely love it uh we got some uh those so those are our projections that we make every single week we've got some predictions that we do as well too uh -huh. Time to pull up the standings, though, before we get into uh, this week's predictions. And, gentlemen, as we take a look at the standings right now, I just got to say, it's lonely at the top. We're, we're group of five, Owen. I mean, that's <laughs> here. here this, is, this is Wes and his, and his SEC Big Ten nonsense. And and here I am in the Sun Belt and you in the Mountain West. And, <laughs> and we're battling it out. <laughs> I don't even want to talk. For it's those bad. who can't see this. We probably should provide some perspective. Yes, or yes. On audio. Paint the paint the picture, Jed. Paint on our based on our scoring system. Uh, in case the producer hasn't pulled it up, please do so. Wes with thirty-seven points to date through week ten. Owen with twenty-one. Jed with twenty. So we Jed has been climbing out of the cellar here the last couple of yeah, weeks. I'm, he has. I'm, I'm he has consistently underachieving. Is what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of singles I'm stacking on top of each other. Like I said, Mountain West versus Sunbelt we got going here. <laughs> yeah. Well, gentlemen, the good news is you can only be as good as your last performance. So let's get into it for this week. See if we can right some wrongs here, at least for some people on the show. Jed, you go first. Your signal caller of the week, which quarterback in the conference will throw for the most passing yards. Who you got? All right. You know, I, I did tinker with JT but I didn't want to curse him for all the shortcomings Oklahoma has had defensively, but I didn't want to curse him. So instead I'm going with Max Duggan on the road in this big showdown at DKR against the Texas Longhorns. 
I think uh, he's uh, the cream's going to rise to the top in these big games. I think Max Duggan will do that. I think uh, Quentin Johnson's going to do some big things against that Texas secondary. I expect a lot of points back and forth. So uh, I'm going to go with Max Duggan pulling the trigger for that Sunny Dykes offense in Austin against the Longhorns to throw for the most yards in the Big 12 this week. The big runaway beer truck, Owen Schmidt, down the sideline. He gives us his runaway beer truck every single week, which running back in the conference <laughs> is going to run. He has a very complicated uh, relationship with this guy, right? Is going yeah, to yeah. is going to uh, rush for the most yards in the conference. Owen, are you going back to the well? I'm going. I'm digging deep, and I, I'm I'm throwing a hail mary here. Okay. Big big week last week. I think he had two two twenty four on the ground. All right, he was dead to me. Okay, but he's come back from the. He's coming back to life, rising like a phoenix. Yes, rising like a phoenix from the My ashes. God, that's Devin Neal's music. Uh, the, yeah, Devin Neal is. He is going to have a day uh, in Texas versus Texas Tech, uh, the third uh rushing defense uh in the land i'm hoping he has another big day like he did the week before third from devin the bottom Neal. right yes third from the bottom devin don't let me down you know, brother. You know what he is wes owen and devin neal you know back in college of course it was a lot longer ago for me than it was for you but everybody in their group and their in their circle of friends had that had that pair that couple yep all right that they were constantly fighting, they were constantly breaking up, they were constantly screaming at each other. <laughs> they break up for a couple of days, next making thing you know, making life came, a drag. Came back for everybody on the else. Quad, hands. Like, wait a minute, I thought you broke <laughs> yep. up here, and you yep. just can't keep. They broke up like every other week, and yep. that that's Owen and Devin Neal. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I that just was really... our, that was our that was our buddies Luke and Jen. Hope they're not listening <laughs> right now. <laughs> so Owen's, Owen they're both married to other people. You, it all worked out. Well. Well. Luke or Jen? <laughs> it's. Uh, Devin, come on, brother. Do me a good one here. I need some, I need some points. But, and I know, I know. Well, here's the thing. He has been underutilized, in my opinion, most of the season. They just haven't used him very much. He's gotten kind of limited carries. I don't know. Obviously, some sort of offensive game plan last week. You know, he ran the house. So and he had, uh, it, oh, both he in the, both this. in passing, he had like 338 yeah. total three, yards. Yes, totally. You know what I mean? So yes. like he did something stupid last week. So I'm just like, feed the guy the rock, man. Give him some love. Uh, plus, you know, obviously since losing their quarterback, um, they've needed a guy to really step up as that massive playmaker. Um, and I'm, I'm just thinking like, he's got to be the guy. So I'm putting the cherry on top this week, Devin, go get you some big boy. This is, this is going to end in a Taylor Swift song. I just know it, Jed. <laughs> He's, this is gonna, I'm hoping he's, he's gonna end in, this week. This is gonna end in a Taylor <laughs> Swift song. Owen and Devin, you'll never have to be alone. <laughs> I'm going with the Iowa State cycle before this gets off the rails completely. I'm going with the <laughs> Iowa State Cyclones as my defense of the week. They have been humming on defense these last couple weeks. They are uh in Oklahoma, in Stillwater there against against state, against the Cowboys. And it's a state-on-state crime that's about to happen. Oklahoma State, I, I tell you what, I mean, they've done a heck of a 180. At, at one point this season, I thought they were going to win the conference. I thought they were the best team in the Big 12. I thought they had a chance to maybe even potentially go to the playoff. They are unraveling a little bit, so much so that Iowa State is actually favored in Stillwater. Uh, I'm going back-to-back -back weeks here. They worked for me last week, so might as well stick with them. 
I'll go with the Iowa State Cyclones for my defense of the week. Tough to argue against that after what I saw Saturday up close and personal. Uh, They're playing uh, good football. They sure are. They're shrinking the game. They're taking the air out of it. They're facing an offense that's trying to find itself once again. Uh, I, I just I don't understand what's going on with Oklahoma State. They they got some questions to answer. Of course, they got talent in the key spots and might be able to answer it quickly. But uh, I, I'm not going to bet against an Iowa State defense. Yeah, same here. And that's why I'm picking them. We're going to get to a break here. and we come back on the other side, it's time to deep dive into the Oklahoma Sooners, who's got the edge in the air, on the ground, special teams, intangibles. We'll break it all down for you when we return. It's ITG. Game day got you on the go? We get it. GoMart is here to keep you going all season long with stores throughout our home state. We're a proud West Virginia-owned company, and our friendly staff is committed to serving our communities. From fuel to freshly brewed coffee and snacks, a stop at GoMart to cover your game day needs is always a touchdown. Plus, GoMart Rewards members earn points with each purchase to redeem for discounts on gas and free items. So stop by, start saving, and stay on the go with GoMart. If you enjoy In the Gun, you'll love ITGfootball.com. Spread the word. Tell an ear to tell an ear. ITGfootball.com. It's time to talk a little Oklahoma Sooners. They head to Mountaineer Field, Milan Pushkar Stadium, Saturday at high noon. It's time now to get into the breakdown here. Owen's laughing. He's always laughing. He's always giggling. He's always throwing me off here while I'm Owen laughs at me when I try and get real professional and serious in these intros and outros, and then it throws me off. And I, I tell you what, big O. Uh, edge in the air, edge on the ground, edge in special teams and intangibles. It's how we start our previews every single week when we talk specifically about the Mountaineers' upcoming opponent. We'll start in the air with the signal caller, Jed. Which direction are you going here? Let's let's start again. We break it down: our offense, their defense, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, when you look at the the attack in the air, West Virginia obviously a much better team in Morgantown than it has been on the road for for a host of reasons. The question is: you start with this, uh, the physicality of Bryce Ford Wheaton. Is he going to bring it? Is it going to be one of the games where he does, or one of the games where he doesn't? Fifteen contested catches at his best. He's number three in the country. That's what the value he brings to the table. Is that what we're going to see? Uh, is KP going to bring it? Is Sam James going to bring it? Are we going to continue to see the toughness of Reese Smith? Or are we going to have answers for what they try to do? Here's some numbers that might put a little spring in your step, guys. We know that everybody plays better at home than they do on the road. Almost everybody. Okay. Uh, West Virginia, that's, a, that's an extreme difference. When you look at our production offensively at home, in points scored per game and total yards per game, we rank number nine in the country in games played at home. Hmm. We're ninth in scoring and total yards offensively. So that's a big deal. Now, when you look at JT, bear in mind, this isn't the first time JT has faced a Brent Venables defense, right? Last year at Georgia in the season opener, he had that lad injury. A lot of people felt he shouldn't have played. So he was playing with that flak jacket on Owen. He was playing in a very limited capacity because of that lad injury. It was aggravated. But in the season opener against Clemson, they won that rock fight 10 to 3. And he was 22 of 30. Every, it was check down, check down, check down. Only threw for 135 yards. But he wasn't at full strength. He didn't play the next week after that game. He had to recover from it. So it's going to be interesting to see, okay, he's seen the types of looks that Venables will throw at you. And so now as he's studying tape this week, he has a frame of reference from between the lines on the field to draw from. And I think that's kind of interesting. And when you look at what they do defensively, 
first of all, defensively, they're ninth in sacks, okay? Uh, but I think that's a little misleading. They're in the middle of the pack in pass defense, but they're ninth in sacks. I'll double back to that when we talk about the run game as well. But they have 136 quarterback pressures. They have almost 100 quarterback hurries. So they're impacting the play. They're just not getting home with the sacks. And now when you look at what they're doing offensively, first of all, they're a fundamentally different team with Dylan Gabriel behind center. Don't pay attention to the Texas game. By and large, most of the TCU game when they got blown out, he didn't play the better part of that game. He didn't play at all against Texas. When he's behind center, they're a different football team. Now, what happened last week was last week he got picked off three times. Now, he's a small guy in stature, a shorter guy. Uh, those three interceptions were all deflected footballs. And when you're playing a shorter guy, oh, and you know this, hands in the air, right? You can impact the play in a lot of ways. And if you can deflect the ball and put it up for grabs and force a turnover, all the better. That's some of the success that uh, Baylor had last week against him. Now, we talked about this when we previewed Oklahoma back in August. Jeff Levy, what he does offensively, there's a lot of creativity to it. This is a guy who spent some time on Art Briles Air Raid staff at Baylor when they had those wide formations, the up-tempo offense. The tempo is a huge part of what they do. Uh, he had success in doing some of those things. He had a balanced attack at UCF Spent with uh, when he was down there with Heupel. Spent the last couple of years with Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. Everywhere he's been, he's moved the football and scored points. Well, this is interesting to me in that his quarterback in 2019 at Central Florida was Dylan Gabriel, who he's obviously been reunited with uh, at Oklahoma. So the B plot to me this week is you have two quarterbacks in this game, both of which previously played for their coordinator in 2019 at a different school, JT at USC with Graham and uh, Dylan Gabriel at uh, UCF with uh, Jeff Levy reunited with their coordinators this year, trying to light that old flame and get some, some offenses moving. So that's interesting to me, but the tempo is going to play a huge part of this. Okay. They're a big play offense. They'll get you on their heels, on your heels, 30 plus. When it comes to plays of 30 plus yards, they have 18 completions, which is good for third in the big 12. They got guys like Marvin Mims, you know, populating the perimeter. He's dangerous, but that, that tempo guys, they ran a hundred plays against Kansas and had 701 yards. When you watch the Kansas tape, it looked a whole lot like they were running the same speed Texas Tech did against us. So buckle up and brace yourself. Now, bear in mind, when you're running that style of offense, especially when you just implemented it this fall and you're trying to run it, that sometimes leads to a lot of penalties, a lot of false starts. You're not quite set. A lot of holdings. You're running more snaps. There's going to be more penalties and shortcomings. They're the most penalized team in the Big 12. But when you look at what West Virginia has done on the defensive side, the good news is we're probably a little better at large than people might think against the past. We're eighth in the Big 12. But then when you look at it against league competition, we're 10th in the Big 12. Charles Woods, we're not quite entirely certain what's going on with his health. He was dinged up at Iowa State. You know, we did have four sacks against these guys last year against Bill Biedenboe's offensive line. Of course, Biedenboe was retained. So maybe that's something to keep an eye on. I definitely think we're going to find a way to pressure them. But I just think there's too many questions with what's going on in the back end with West Virginia, with Charles dinged up. Uh, I, I do like what Dylan Gabriel can do. Marvin Mims is dangerous. I'm going to give the edge in the air to Oklahoma. Big O, do you concur? Yeah, I concur. I think uh, they just got Billy Bowman back, I believe. Uh, and he's been playing solid ball in their secondary. Uh, and 
we just got so many questions in our secondary right now. It's going to be hard. And like you said, Dylan Gabriel, uh, rough goes it last week, but he's if when he gets on and he can make those explosive plays, look out, right? They're a completely different offense. So I, I completely agree with Jed on the, on on that deal. Yeah, I'll make it a clean a clean sleep. Uh, oh my goodness, I can't talk. A clean <laughs> sweep here. Uh, I'll go with Oklahoma edge in the air as well too. Everything you gentlemen said, I'll just distill down to this. I give Gabriel a slight edge over JT. I give their secondary a, a definitive edge. I know they're struggling too, but I give their secondary an edge over ours. That's the difference to me. I go Oklahoma in the air. Signal caller, back to you. How about on the ground? Who's got the advantage? Well, in the air, I expect a bounce back from JT. I, I did consider going that direction because of that. I expect big things from JT. Uh when you look at Oklahoma's ground game, they lead the Big 12, 220 yards a clip. Eric Gray, six out of the nine games he's played this year, Owen, he's been over 100 yards, three straight games over 100 yards. Last week, and this is the part that scares me, last week, Gabriel ran for a career high against Baylor 70 yards, and he's nimble enough to do that, the type of athleticism that he can escape, maybe move the sticks on a third down or two. That, that kind of alarms me. It kind of scares me. Uh, I think it's creative what Levy does. Again, Bill Biedenboe's still there coaching up that offensive line. It's a pretty even distribution with what they do with Gray between their gap scheme and their zone scheme, so it's a lot to prepare for. Uh, and, and then when you look at West Virginia defensively, again, middle of the pack. Uh, I mean, at times we've had some answers, at times we haven't. We're fourth in the Big 12 against the rush. Uh, I, I think we're going to have our hands full against this attack. And the West Virginia offense, when you're trying to run the football, the best news for me, first of all, we're running for 208 yards a game at home, and we're averaging 5.2 yards a carry at home. We're getting Tony Mathis back. We struggled against these guys last year, Norman. Couldn't get it clicking up front. 67 yards on the ground. Nobody remembers that more than Zach Frazier. What we think, when we think of last year's loss in Norman, what do we think of? The snap, right? Yep. Tell me somebody that wants to make amends more than Zach Frazier. I expect Zach Frazier to rally that group and rally that room and bring a premium effort. I think that's going to be a big deal. I think Tony Mathis coming back is going to be a big deal. And when you look at Oklahoma defensively, last in the Big 12 against the run, giving it up 200 yards a game. Here's what ends up happening, guys. They lead the Big 12 in TFLs, but they're ninth in sacks. Now, of course, sacks count as tackles for loss, right? Normally, when you lead a conference in TFLs, you're also toward the top of that conference in sacks. But they're ninth in the Big 12 out of 10 teams in sacks, and they lead the Big 12 with 68 TFLs. They have 51 of those 68 are non-sack tackles for loss. What's that tell me? They're very aggressive in shooting the gaps on the run fits. Sometimes they hit home for those TFLs. Sometimes they don't. Just as often they don't. They've given up the most 10-yard runs in the Big 12 because very often they miss those run fits. They're aggressive. They're learning a new scheme. And if you've ever studied what Brent Venables does defensively, now they do have a coordinator in Ted Roof, but I think that's a coordinator by title. I mean, this is Brent Venables' defense, right? When you study what he does defensively, it's pretty complicated. It's pretty high-end. It's kind of NFL-level stuff. And, and maybe it's a lot to, uh, to chew on for those kids. Uh, sometimes they look like they're reacting instead of just attacking, and that's not good for a defense to do that. Uh, I, I think they might have too much on their plate in terms of the checks and the opportunities, excuse me, the checks and the options they have against the different looks that you provide. 
But as a result of their struggles against the run, as a result of the struggles when they miss fits and, uh, and, and miss their gap and allow some big plays and get you to find some rhythm, that's exactly what we were missing a week ago. The ability to hit a 10, 15-yard run and find some rhythm by staying on the field. Guys, I'm going to give a slight edge to West Virginia on the ground in part because I think the return of Tony Mathis is going to give us a big boost, but also because Oklahoma has struggled mightily against just about everybody they faced on the ground this year. Um, Jed, I, I, I mean, I do agree with you somewhat on the West Virginia side with Tony Mathis coming back, but I just don't know how, you know, well, he's going to come back. You know, I don't know if it's something where is he a hundred percent? Is he coming back at 80%? Um, Eric Gray's been having days on the ground. Uh, it's, it's very close for me uh, in this aspect. I, I did give the, uh, the go ahead to Oklahoma just for the fact that, you know, I know Eric Gray's been steaming it up and, and with Tony coming back off an injury, I don't know how, uh, well, he'll respond. Maybe he'll respond great. I don't know. Um, Let me ask you something, Owen. I, well, before we toss to Wes, because you'd be able to give a pretty good answer on this. His injury was a hyperextended elbow, okay? Yeah. So from the waist down, he hasn't missed a rep, right? It was all a ball security issue. He was trying to get back on the field in Lubbock in the second half. He just had the weakness in the elbow. So it's an upper body elbow injury. Ball security was the concern, now that he's back to at least strong enough to have that ball security, it was never an issue. He's been repping in practice. It was never an issue of missing reps or slowing down or putting too much weight on one ankle or the other. Do you think that matters in terms of, in other words, not all injuries are created equally for running backs, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. As far as when I, okay, so whatever, coaching, coaching high school kids, right, how to tackle, or when I tell them pressure points, right, right? Wrists, elbows, right? Hips, knees. Um, those, those are so, kind of, in my opinion, things that will plague running backs. So like you said, obviously he's going to be in shape. He's going to have the conditioning still. Uh, it was just an elbow injury. My thing is, is he going to take a hat off the elbow and be right back where he was, mm -hmm. you know, last game, is that going to create another ball security issue for us? Um, that's kind of, I guess, where I'm, where my head is there. Uh, I just, you know, I know we've done well at home. Okay. And I, I want to root for my boys, right? I want us to do great. But part of our success was having all three in the backfield and having CJ go down and now he's out for the season and putting the brunt on Tony. And, I, and Tony's had great games, just him, right? Um, I just don't know. I It's just so close for me. Eric Gray, like I said, I, I feel like he's a little more of a uh, – well, just, Justin will uh, pitch in too, but you're right. Yeah, and, and he's going to. And he, had a, and he did well last week. All things considered. <laughs> you know what I mean? He did well last week. He, I mean, he did some good things. Uh, you know, in a press conference with Neil Brown, you know, he was – he was happy with how he stepped up with the reps he did get, and he, he especially on the pass, uh, pass protection area as well. Mm -hmm. um, I just, it's just so even. Makes and sense. where, yeah. you know what I mean? And where, yeah. um, like I said, Eric's just kind of had the hot hand right now. Um, I, I, I've gone, I went with Oklahoma. Gotcha. Wes? 
I'm going with Oklahoma as well, too. Uh, Eric Gray's been humming. There's We know that the Mountaineers have capable dogs, capable horses in the backfield, but you know which ones are going to show up any given week has, has been a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, both defenses have struggled to stop the run. Uh, here was the deciding factor to me, though, gentlemen, is last week, very convincingly so, might I add, Jed laid out a great analogy correctly and backed up statistically of how crap the Iowa State run game was. Like historically, and we, came a, and we came a blocking, roughing the kicker away from that exact thing happening because for over three quarters, it did. They ran for 172 yards. All right. Yeah. You can and see, com- you, can, you can yes. see comfort yeah. over there, Mike Tomlin, but they went for 172 yards on the ground to what our 76. Uh, they more than doubled us up. So if the worst rushing team that Jed Gral and Poe has ever dissected, did since that, 2019 West did, Virginia, did, yeah. did that to us. Well, okay, since 2019 West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with Eric Gray in Oklahoma. You mentioned Bill Badenball. That's a big part of this to me, too. That offensive line is always ready to go. They've always got studs on that O-line. And we've struggled as a defense to stop the run. On offense, we've been inconsistent. We've had some really good games running the football. Baylor, TCU. You know, we, we've had some really good games on the ground. We've also had some nothing burgers. And uh, I just I'm giving the slight edge to Oklahoma uh, because of some of those things. Well, it's almost like, guys, I remember standing on the sidelines last week. And as the fourth quarter started in Ames, I was sitting there thinking it's not that often that a team looks exactly like you thought they'd look. And their running game looked exactly like they couldn't do anything. And then the next thing you know, blocked punt. Missed run fit, 36-yard run, which is almost what they had all day for three quarters. It was a completely different game. I mean, they – in other words, I didn't walk out of there thinking, wow, they're better on the ground than I thought. No, I walked out of there thinking, yep, that was exactly what I thought for 46 minutes, and then we missed a run fit, missed a tackle. And I know Those last 14 minutes count, and I got to argue they count even more than the first 46. I'll I'll lean on the 44 plays instead of the two. That's what I'll say. <laughs> I always look at it like I that. I hope you're right. Like I hope you're right. Hey, the two count, the two count, but so do the 44. Sure. So what are the odds? The two replicating themselves or the 44 replicating themselves? I don't necessarily look at it like, again, we're fourth in the Big 12 against the run. They're 10th. So to equate those two things is somewhat misleading, but I, I do think it's difficult to make an argument against Eric Gray. I do. Uh, I mean, that's a compelling they're, they're argument. They're averaging 60 yards more both per teams. game on the ground yeah. than we are. But, I mean, I see, you look at last that. week much differently than I do. I look at last week looking at it like, wow, they were exactly what I thought they'd be, and we missed two run fits. Maybe. And maybe uh, that's just uh, – and, you know, Jed, we've joked about this before. You know, I grew up in yeah. western Pennsylvania where for so long it was run, run the football and play defense, the Pittsburgh Steeler way, right? Yes. Sometimes you need those first 46 minutes to get those last 14 minutes, you know, to, to, to wear them down, to have that, that moment where the dam really breaks, but that's a different conversation. We could, we could argue about that here. And and that's not what happened. I've seen that happen a million times and that's not what happened. Well, Hey, you were on the sideline. So I will, I will take your word for it, but I'm still going with the Sooners here on the, on the ground, baby. It's hard to argue against it. It is, but I, in Zach Frazier, I trust. I think he's going to be I, hey, an angry man. Listen, you know? I want to. When we go to record this episode next week, I want to be wrong. I'm hoping I have no voice still when we record because I'm hooting and hollering and celebrating the first uh, victory over Oklahoma in the Big Twelve era for our Mountaineers. Grace playing good football, man. He's playing Eric real Gray's good football. Playing good football. Real good football. 
Um, in fact, he's less than a hundred yards away from hitting a thousand on the season. Yeah. Let's hope that he has to wait another week to hit a thousand on the season. Uh, special teams intangibles. As we wrap this up, Jed, where are you going? I, again, you know, our specialists are playing well. Uh, you know, Casey legs playing good football. Uh, all of a sudden we have a freshman punter that's playing lights out and just pen people every time we turn around. But I think that Michael Turk is special. Uh, you know, he's a field flipper. We kind of got a specialist that, you know, will pin you if given the opportunity under the right circumstances, the right field position. I mean, he's just a boomer that'll flip the field and grab some hidden yardage for you. And he's been that throughout his career. And when you got guys like Marvin Mims comes to mind as a return specialist, but, but Oklahoma, I mean, how many times have we seen this happen with these big brand teams? You know, we, I think back to the two, to the Kevin White game in 2014, you know, that was a kickoff return right before the half. I mean, that's that's what these Oklahomas or LSUs of the world are good known for. That's what they're good at is they populate. They have such depth. They recruit so well that uh, they have four stars that, that just happen to be freshmen and populate in their coverage units, their return units. That makes them dangerous by their nature. Now, I, I did have some pause in terms of which way I'd tilt here just because I do think it matters to this West Virginia football team that were 0-9 against Oklahoma as a member of the Big 12, and we desperately want to become the first West Virginia team to claim victory as a member of the Big 12 against these guys and the first team to beat them since Big O's team. Uh, over an unranked Oklahoma team. Yeah, that what? Yeah, over an unranked. And it's the first time Oklahoma has ever faced us in the series. In 13 years, I think, yeah. It's the first time in the history of the series. Yeah. They faced us in 1978. They were ranked. Mm-hmm. Two, they were ranked. So, uh, yeah, I mean, under any circumstances, I will take a win over Oklahoma at this point. Yes, I don't care and, if uh, I don't care if they're I, zero and eleven or what. Exactly, 0 and, 10. and I just don't know if that's enough. I think that I would give the tilt because of the depth and the talent on the transition units to Oklahoma. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that's well said, Owen. We we making it a clean sweep here. Yeah, I, I think we've. The last loss we've had, we're, we're, we're being outscored 120 to 55. I mean, it's just – that's my intangible there. They've won 30 yeah. their last 35 now, on the road, I think, as a program Oklahoma geez. has. So, that's yeah, ridiculous. that's another intangible. Yeah, but – Well, here's a final intangible. I will change my answer to WVU here under one condition, and that is if the runaway beer truck is in Morgantown on Saturday and we're drinking beers together. Brother. Oh, that is an intangible. The spirit of the beer truck, you know what, be in Morgantown on the Saturday. spirit of the, spirit. the big O and the and the big Euler out and there. The spirit, not only will be there, but the physical spirit as well. You're gonna be there. I'll be there, Jed. I'm flipping too. <laughs> Intangibles, West Virginia. I'm going there too. Right there. That's all it took. All right, all well, let's, I'm, we'll I'm pull reading up, on the we'll, graphic, sending we'll it to pull producer. the graphic right now. <laughs> the reworked yep. graphic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm switching. <laughs> yeah. Owen and I getting together and seeing if we can't duplicate that Thursday night Baylor magic one more time here as we uh will head to the uh, the penultimate home game of the season. That makes things very interesting. For your West Virginia Mary. We're gonna do our part. That's all that we can promise. Is we're going to do that our is part. the ultimate intangible now you guys do recognize okay what happens if we win oh and you have no choice k-state <laughs> k-state 
Although, hold on. That happens. Hold uh, on. Hold on. Now, see, Jed, here's the thing, though. You got to be careful, right? To I'm going to use an adult analogy here, kids. All right. Earmuffs. We don't want to blow our load here, Jed. All right. (laughs) So what I'm thinking, Owen, and you can be the final decider on this, is if is if the magic continues in Oklahoma, we freaking save it and bottle it up till Labor Day weekend. And we head up to Happy Valley to take on those Penn Staters. Uh, (laughs) Hey, one time. Well, when I was playing for the Eagles, this is just when I got on the team. uh, I was captain for a game. Right. Well, we won that game. Okay. So then they let me be captain same, again. Same well, we captains. won that game. And then we got to a point. Andy was like, dude, you're a captain. I was like, why am I? He's like, you haven't Good lost yet. He's like, you haven't lost yet. I love it. <laughs> How long did it go? They went three games, three games. And then I wasn't a captain again. And by Andy, of course, he's not talking about Andy Johnson who delivers his uh, beer. Oh no, he's talking Reed. about big. He's talking about Big Red. Big yeah. Red, Big Red. Big, yep. the big and I, red and I appreciate himself. What, what made me think about that is I just cleaned out my storage unit in Morgantown and I pulled out the when you were a captain and you won the game, they gave you the captain's picture. Yeah, and I had those right. three pictures. Right. And I said, "Oh man, oh, very cool. That'd be a Dude, good you got to bring it to the next episode." Yeah, yeah. Show us that. Yeah. yeah, hang one, hang one of those up in the background. Yeah, sure. I'll put that in the background. Yeah. So there's our uh, our edge segment in terms of our previews here. When we come back, we'll look uh-huh. back at that frustrating loss last year in Norman that we've referenced a couple times. Do a little tail of the tape and give uh, give some projections before we get out of here. Owen Schmidt, Jed Drenning, I'm Wesley Euler, and you are in the gun. For nearly 20 years, Fortis has been the nation's leader in providing guaranteed roof performance programs for commercial buildings. Fortis offers roof performance solutions that feature extensive initial and ongoing reconditioning for commercial buildings as an alternative to traditional replacement with long-term performance guarantees that are backed by global leader Lloyds of London. Fortis offers a comprehensive range of roof performance management programs that provide financial security, extend the life of our customers' roofs, and make a significant impact on ROI. Fortis is currently improving performance and increasing ROI for customers at more than 4,800 locations, with more than 140 million square feet protected, including many Fortune 500 companies that have turned to Fortis to save money, gain financial certainty, and extend the life of their existing roofs. Fortis has helped customers save more than $520 million in capital roof replacement costs for an average ROI of over 250%. To learn more, visit fortis.us.com. Fortis, roof performance and financial certainty guaranteed. Final segment here of our Oklahoma preview. Sometimes it's important to uh, look back while you're looking ahead at the same time. Jed, these teams met last year in Norman. You mentioned how uh, the Mountaineers 0-9 against Oklahoma in the Big 12 era. We've had some close ones, 2012, 2018, like we referenced earlier with our buddy Big Daddy. But this was the one in Norman that felt like really slipped away. What do you remember? We'll pull up the graphic now from that 16-13, to 13, that frustrating uh, last-second field goal win for Oklahoma last year. Yeah, actually, Wes, as I understand it, uh, in the long and storied history of Oklahoma Sooner football, that is the only game ever in which they had a walk-off game-winning field goal. Wow. Uh, yeah, strangely, strangely I, enough. I can, I can think of like three or four from WVU in my lifetime alone. That's the same thing I thought when I saw it, when I heard that, but – but uh, I remember we took Heck, the we had one this year. Off. We had one this year. Well, I guess Baylor. That wasn't the last play of the game. It wasn't really Sorry. a walk off, but yeah, uh, yeah. Well, anyway, not the opening kickoff. But on our first possession, we went seventy five yards and kind of just methodically marched down, 
distributing it to several different skill guys and Garrett Green. And, I mean, it was a drive for the time capsule. And uh we went up seven to nothing, but little did we know that would be our only touchdown. Points were very much at a premium that night. And uh, I mean, they had answers for what we were doing offensively. We had answers for what they were doing offensively. And and then of course I remember that the game was hanging in the balance, tied at 13. We were driving in the fourth quarter. And I mean, we, we've talked about this before. Uh, the, there's certain ways that you can push the envelope defensively, what you get away with, what you don't. But throughout the course of the game, there was some chatter that Oklahoma's front seven was kind of messing with our cadence, okay? So uh, I still feel that contributed, directly contributed to that snap that Zach had. I mean, here we were driving for what looked to be the go-ahead field goal, if not the go-ahead touchdown. And then we had the bad snap that knocked us out. We had to punt it. And then we penned them down at the eight. And even then, this was one of those games we always cite from last year, that we were one defensive stop away at the end of the game at a critical time of maybe it turning out differently. And, uh, you know, Spencer Rattler, who we held in check for the better part of the night, comes in starting at his own eight uh, with, I think, three minutes and change left and uh, ends up driving them down for a chip shot field goal. I think they drove down to the 13. Yeah. And it was just like death by a thousand cuts watching yep. that from the sidelines. And, and that was an incredible environment. It always is. The Palace on the Prairie, uh, you know, it was lively. It was energetic. And we overcame all that and came that close just a whisker away. But we couldn't finish the job. And and watching that thing sail through. But how strange is that? And all the wins they've had, one of the winningest programs in history, that's the only walk-off game-winning field goal they've ever had, at least. They they, they said that, to their knowledge, Oklahoma Sports right. Information right. says, to their knowledge, that's the only time that's ever happened. But but that's what I remember about it. Tough loss. Yep. It was a tough one. That certainly was. That one held Oklahoma, one by the way, to their fewest points. We held Oklahoma to their fewest points since 2014 in that game. Fewest points in seven years. So great job of the uh, defense. But anyway. Well, Jed, uh, taking a look at the tail of the tape, do you want to start uh, WVU offense, WVU defense? Where you want to go first here? Yeah, let's start with the offense. West Virginia's offense against Oklahoma's defense. I'm going to jump to the same spot with both. Uh, but as you look at it, you know, when you compare these things and contrast them, it, it's a pretty even matchup, Okay. Uh, in terms of strengths on strengths, weaknesses on weaknesses. But one of the things I want to jump to is look at red zone touchdown efficiency or touchdown percentage. You know, we started the year pretty strong in that capacity, but we've dropped to number seven in the league at 63%. But Oklahoma has struggled mightily defensively throughout the course of the season. That's been one of their major shortcomings on the defensive side. Uh, they are 10th in the league in terms of when you breach the red zone, uh, allowing a touchdown instead of holding you to a field goal or holding you to nothing. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. I'll double that back when we, when we switch out to the other side here. But but that's something to keep an eye on. And the other question I have is, can we bounce back from a third down efficiency standpoint? Our worst performance by far this year was last week at Iowa State. We were 2 of 12. That dropped us from 50% down to 45 uh, I mean, look up top, guys. I mean, we were toward the top of the league in points per game and total yards per game. And it doesn't take much. You know, a bad outing, and all of a sudden we're eighth in scoring and ninth in total yards. But uh, keep an eye on when the field shrinks in the red zone, and then from a situational football standpoint on third down, let's let's watch those closely as always. But but I think that's going to go a long way toward determining what plays out here. Yeah, those that's interesting. I mean, there's when you look at the WVU offense versus the Oklahoma defense, there's looks like some 
some areas for both units to make hay yeah. and, and, and yeah. how does, you know, how does that all shake out over the course of 60 minutes? Obviously we'll, we'll go a long way in determining what happens on Saturday. Uh, other side of the coin here, the equation, Mr. Drenning WVU defense versus the Oklahoma. O. again, let's jump down right to it. Red zone touchdown percentage, you know, West Virginia defensively for the better part of the season has occupied that 10 spot, allowing a lot of touchdowns. Again, what was last year, a major strength for West Virginia. We were one of the best red zone defenses the Big 12 seen in seven years, I think, what Jordan Leslie's defense did last year. But the turnover and personnel, the injuries, whatever you want to call it, uh, the production has not been there. So we climbed to number nine. Oklahoma defensively holds down that number 10 spot. And the problem is, as you might expect, that one from a football team that's pretty good at running the football, uh, when the field shrinks in the red zone, they're pretty good at punching it in as well. And that also helps that they got a quarterback who's just slippery enough to maybe make some plays with his legs down there. They're third in the Big 12 in reaching the end zone from an offensive standpoint. Uh, and then when you look at the battle on third down, their third offensively, Oklahoma is, in converting third downs. We're middle of the pack and stopping them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, yards per play we struggle uh, yards per play, they're middle of the pack. I mean, it, it's really interesting to look back and forth across this, okay? Uh, like you said, there's opportunities, I think, uh, in all these matchups, our offense, their defense, their defense, our offense, for one side or the other to to, uh, to make some progress. It's just going to be a function of which team can. Hopefully the home field can play an advantage and we can perform. Indeed. Owen and I will be there doing our part. We'll perform. Now, now will the boys perform? <laughs> that is the question. Jed, our projection here, what Vegas thinks we think we think, not what we're predicting, but what the odds makers are projecting. What does it look like for Saturday at high noon in Morgantown? Uh, Oklahoma has hovered, it depends on where you look, around uh, eight points as a favorite, uh, over under in the mid-60s, 66 and a half or so. Uh, so, again, what I try and do is take that number and, and not do the exact math, but come up with a football-type score. So, instead of 36-28, I kind of went with 37-28, which seemed more football-like. But that's our projection. Oklahoma 37-28 would be the projection based on the numbers. Well, good thing Owen and I are good for an 11-point swing. Absolutely. Hey, we were home dogs before. We'll be home dogs again. Hungry dogs running. I know. I know. We're gonna All get right. complaints in the YouTube comments about somebody's eardrum busting right there. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we're gonna get we're gonna get I apologize in, our, in advance. We're gonna get complaints in our uh, our section as well too. I tell you what, between Owen and I, we make <laughs> we make a lot of noise out there, and we stay hydrated. I mean, listen, that's what you always get. You know, that's what you always we're get growing up, right? You got to stay hydrated. Hydration cannot be a factor. Well, we're making sure that we're doing our best there as well, too. Uh, one more time as we wrap this up, a big shout out to our friends at Bet Online. Make sure you're going to betonline.ag for all of your gambling needs throughout the rest of the college football season, college basketball, hockey, NFL, NBA. The World Cup starts in another week or two. It is a great time of year to be a sports fan, MMA, all that on there as well, too. BetOnline.ag for all of your gambling needs. Gentlemen, it was fun. Let's go get the Sooners. I don't, uh, you know, I I, I don't Better care. Better day, baby, and killing ear. 
I, I don't care that it's a down year for Oklahoma. The history books will say that we finally got one against these jerks. So let's do it here before they let me run tell you something to the SEC. We all remember Majors Run. And if you weren't there for it, you've heard about it a million times since. Majors Run and that big win came against what team? Penn State. Penn State. What was Penn State's record? They were undefeated, weren't they? They were five and six. Oh, well, never mind. So beat Oklahoma, and 30 years from now, people will simply remember you beat Oklahoma. Well said by our guy, Jed. Just go beat Oklahoma. Go get it done. Uh, Reminder, itgfootball.com. If you want any merch, if you want to just rock and roll with everything we got going on there, it's a central place for it. Be an ear and tell an ear about your new favorite WVU football podcast, in the gun podcast, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You guys know the drill. All right. You're hip to all of this by now. Thanks to Sean Mariner for joining us earlier. Thanks again to all the veterans who have served this country. Um, and we'll look forward to military appreciation as well as kicking some sooner tail Saturday at Mountaineer field for the signal caller, Jed Drenning and the runaway beer truck, Owen Schmidt. I'm Wesley Euler. Take care now. Bye-bye then. We'll be back to break it all down for you on the next episode of ITG. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.